Has your brand been struggling to reach the correct audience when advertising? We've all done it. Maximize privacy filters on our phones and apps because who wants to be talking about something for it to pop up mysteriously later? It's weird and everyone hates it. Did you know that podcast advertising is way more effective than display advertising? With 67% of listeners remembering brands and 63% making a purchase after hearing them. You know how much we love Zencaster, and their new creator network is no different. Whether you want to diversify your ad spend, add a new marketing stream, or test out podcast ads, Zencaster's creator network makes it easy for brands to connect with podcasters. Zencaster's creator network is a perfect place for you to get into podcast ads and sponsor your favorite creators, like us. So stop wasting advertising dollars on ad campaigns that aren't targeting your niche audience. Let Zencaster's Creator Network match you with podcasters who can ensure that your target audience is being reached. We love Zencaster so much, and being able to see ad opportunities come across our dashboard with a percentage match to see how much our audiences line up is game-changing. It helps creators really get behind brands that mean something to them. And with a podcast show for just about anything you can think of, your brand is no exception. Are you interested in sponsoring this show or podcast ads for your business? Go to zen.ai slash gruesome and fill out the contact information so Zencaster can help you bring your business story to life. Welcome to Gruesome, your horrific true crime podcast. I am Meg, and our sugar plum fairy, Connie, is going to tell us about the murder of Christy Bamu. You know, I usually am the person who has all the Christmas stuff up, like, immediately. And this year, we've been plagued with every illness you can get this year. And my Christmas tree sits there, not decorated, full of lights. It's naked? Naked. It's sick. It's sick like the rest of us. I have Christmas shit up everywhere else, but like the tree, it's just been, it's just been too much. <laughs> no, I, I ordered the pink tree and we got it at the beginning of November, put it up. And then I got exactly two totes of the Christmas stuff that I have out. And I have about 10, but I got mm-hmm. two out. I put those two up. I'm like, that's it this year. That's all we're doing, friends. We didn't even decorate outside. Like, it's just... I don't know what it is. You think it's because it's so warm and we've had like no snow and it's seasonably like warm unseasonably. Oh. I don't know what it is, but I haven't even baked. And usually I save my baking. I don't bake at any other time throughout the year, but Christmas time, it's like cookie heaven over here. I think that it is the fact that your entire house has been sick and you've started new jobs and you've done yeah, a whole a lot. lot. It's, it's just a lot. A lot. Yeah. Don't, a lot. don't stress yourself out. Do the any, bare minimum. You're allowed. We're giving you permission to do the bare minimum. <laughs> any other people across the world, you just, I mean, Meg, I could hear it in her little sniffles that she's got going on over there. I know. There. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's just, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. We had, my son had, I thought it was hand, foot, mouth. I don't really know what the hell he had going on. Uh, he's on, an, we just, I had to take him back to the pediatrician today. So he has on an antibiotic. We were all sick. That's part of the reason why we got a Patreon episode last week is, well, we had a ton of requests for it. And then I was like, dude, I'm going to give the, give it to him because I'm sick as fuck. Yeah, she was. That was. So it's, honestly, I thought I was hug over. <laughs> and then I was like, this <laughs> is did. lasting too long. 
I texted her and I was like, hey, how are you? How was your thing? And she was like, oof, I'm hungover. I had two drinks. And then the next day she was like, I'm still hungover. I don't think I'm hungover. I think I'm sick. <laughs> this is why I don't go around people because when I do, I get sick. But it is December, guys. And you know, once the holidays hit, other than not decorating this year, I have to cover cases that happened around Christmas or on Christmas. I, can't, I just can't help it. It's just a thing. But this case, this one's pretty awful. So I'm going to give you one big trigger warning of crimes against children, torture, brutality. Yeah. Tonight, um, we are going to talk about the murder of Christy Bamu. Before we get started with this, I feel like it's important to talk about Kendoki for just a minute. And I may be saying that wrong. And if I'm if I am, I'm sorry. Because most of this case, yes. No, I, I just want to know what Kendoki is. Oh, the look. I was like, sorry. Yeah, you got really go intrigued. I was intrigued. <laughs> because most of this case is based around it. The couple that we are going to talk about were born in the Democratic Republic of Congo. And there, Kendoki is, quote, thought by its believers to be a kind of witchcraft or possession by evil spirits. People, especially children who are thought to be possessed, are subject to exorcisms that include beatings, starvation, starvation while in continuous prayer, the refusal of water, submersion in water to try to run off the evil spirits, and it just, the list goes on. It is believed that children who are possessed by Kendoki don't feel any of the pain inflicted because they are possessed. Obviously, we know that that is bullshit, and these kids... There's this incredible, it's, there, it's torture is what it is. That's the, the yeah. it's torture. Some reasons that someone could be accused of being possessed by Kendoki are wetting the bed, biting your nails, or something as simple as stealing a pencil. No, oh, so I'm like, definitely possessed then. 100%. Yeah, so it's like normal kid things can be caused for extreme torture. There are times when even Christian preachers in the area will point out children who they believe are possessed, and sometimes they will even help carry out the exorcisms. Ew. Mm-hmm. But really, it's just horrific child abuse used as an excuse, as, like, exorcism is used as an excuse. Any exorcism that has characteristics like beatings and starvation, I'm sorry, but that's bullshit. It's child abuse. It's nothing else. A lot of children will also find themselves homeless living in the streets after their parents become scared that their children are possessed. The belief in Kendoki can be found across Africa, although it's most prevalent in Congo. But um, we're going to get to the case. I just wanted to give like a little insight because I feel like we of- talked a little bit about that like cultural aspect when we did the Salem, was it Salem witch trials or was it a different episode? We were talking about witchcraft in general yeah it may have been those Salem witch trials because we talked about the kids that were pointed out the three girls Mm -hmm. yeah Mm. sad and awful Mm -hmm. Magali Bamu was born on February 21st 1983 to parents Pierre and Jacqueline the family moved from the Democratic Republic of Congo to Paris her dad started a carpentry business making furniture at some point, Magali was left to live with her cousin, Phoebe, and her cousin's husband, Fernandand, while her parents moved back to Congo so that her father could continue to grow his business. Now, we always say it, and this is the same is true with this case. We can feel sorry for the childhood part of someone's life and still not excuse the adults that they become. 
And this is the same because Magalie was treated horribly when she lived with her cousin in London. As a young adult, Magalie met Eric Bakit. I said that completely wrong. As a young adult, Magalie met Eric Bakubi. At first, the football coach seemed like everything she had been looking for in a partner. And really, that's what she was looking for, was a partner. She felt abandoned by her parents. She was being treated like a literal servant in her home. She was treated horribly. She just wanted to feel loved and to feel safe. And Eric was all of that. She was head over heels for him. But unfortunately, the honeymoon period didn't last long, and Eric became extremely controlling with Magalie. He was verbally abusive. He controlled who she talked to, what she did, what she wore. She wasn't even allowed to wear makeup. And friends, forget about it. She wasn't allowed to have a relationship with anyone other than him, which, as we know, is what abusers do. They isolate you from the rest of the world. Eric had an equally traumatic childhood. He was also from Congo and also born in 1983. His mother sadly died during childbirth, leaving him to be raised by his father. His father was very passionate about Kendoki. He taught Eric everything that he knew from how to spot someone who was possessed to how to rid said person of the possession. He was seven when he fled to London with his family. He became obsessed with witchcraft. He, would ha- he said he would have visions and claim to see rats that weren't there. He believes his, that his dad became obsessed with witchcraft or no, he- Eric did. Eric okay. did. He believed that his brother was going to kill him to the point that it consumed him. He would move from apartment to apartment to try to leave the evil spirits. But to him, it wasn't working. He was still seeing these visions. So he contacted Nigerian pastors for help. And according to Magali, he became obsessed with sorcery and witchcraft to the point that he was losing his mind. But even though he was, she stuck beside him. She was ecstatic when he proposed in 2010. And honestly, I know this sounds a little bit weird, but whenever I hear cases that involve witchcraft and sorcery, I think 100% it's like Clementine Barnabet era, not yeah. 2010. Like the eight. 16 1800s somewhere in there yes like it's it's a long time ago but it's not it's recent super too recent too close for comfort too close it just seems unreal to me that this kind of shit still goes on and like i know that's like the tip of the tip of the tip of the iceberg of shit that goes on in the world but it's still like every time you think that it couldn't get any worse you hear something and you're like holy Mm. shit it got worse Mm -hmm. how how? <laughs> Magalie had five siblings that lived with her parents, sisters Kelly, Yves, brother Christy, and two younger siblings that aren't named in court documents. And I'm assuming, assuming it's because they were very young based on the pictures that were pictures that were posted that had their faces blurred out. When they heard that their sister was engaged, they were so excited. They thought that they were going to be able to celebrate on their upcoming Christmas holiday to when they were going to visit from Paris. You know, it's supposed to be a good time. So the five siblings flew from Paris to London to spend Christmas holiday with their sister. Kelly was the oldest sister that went to visit. She was 20 years old at the time. She said that at first things were really great. They were having the best time with their sister and brother-in-law because by all accounts, Eric was just like family to the Bamus. He called Magalie's parents, mom and dad. The trip went from the time of their lives to literal hell for the siblings because all of a sudden, 
Eric and Magalie started to accuse all of the siblings of being possessed with Kendoki. Kelly had spent some time in Congo, but she was the only sibling who was born there other than Magalie. Kelly, who's he was 15, was the next oldest, and he was born and raised in Paris. Their parents didn't study or talk about Kendoki to their children, so you could understand the fear and confusion when all of a sudden they're being accused of being possessed. And honestly, if it was just being accused of being possessed, that would have been one thing, but that's obviously not where these two monsters stopped. It didn't take long for the torture to begin, and torture is putting it nicely. The siblings pleaded and swore that they weren't possessed, but the two didn't listen. They were made to pray almost constantly. And remember what I said earlier, when the accused are put into these like prayer marathons, they are refused food and water. They are beaten if they try to stop. And again, because in their warped mind, they don't think that these babies can feel any of this torture. They just keep going. They were forced to jump out of a window to literally see if they could fly. How high was the window? It didn't say, but they were in an apartment, and I'm assuming it was probably like first floor of the flat. Kelly told prosecutors that it didn't matter how much they begged and pleaded. Eric had it set in his mind that they were possessed, and he was the only person who could rid them of their demons. What were they doing to make him think this? Like, Do we know that no. he's just like, you guys? No. Literally, it was possessed. like an immediate, like, hey, it was like it switched, a flip switched. And this whole time they were being tortured, their sister, their flesh and blood, she did nothing to stop it. Eric had the vision of his brother coming to London to try to kill him, and he was convinced that the vision was of Christy. And he was convinced that Christy had came to London to kill him. Instead of convinced, to try to limit the beatings and try to be like, okay, we're sorry, we're sorry. Kelly and her 11-year-old sister, Yves, confessed to being a witch. Thinking like maybe if they did, the beatings and the torture would stop. And they were right. They were able to catch a break from the horrific torture that they were enduring. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case for Christy. During one of his beatings, the same night that his sisters confessed to being witches, Christy was beaten so badly that he wet himself. Eric took this as evidence that he was 100% possessed. I mean, there was a little kid who wasn't allowed to eat or go to the bathroom and he was getting you know tortured and he accidentally wet himself sounds absolutely like he would know that he yeah was and he didn't see him wet himself he found his chonies later on and was like i knew it i knew you were possessed and he's like mm. i knew he was the cause of his misfortune he knew he was the cause of the visions that he was having and he was the one christy was the one who brought the kenduki kendoki into his home he began to target all of his rage on Christy. He enlisted the other siblings to beat their brother as well. And I'm going to give you a couple minutes or a couple seconds to trip or skip forward if you need to, because it's going to get pretty brutal. He made them hold Christy while Magali and Eric smashed bathroom tiles on his back, like literal bathroom tiles. They smashed his hands with a claw tooth hammer. Oh they beat God. him. They smashed his head on the tiles. His teeth were knocked out. They used a metal bar that they had used to beat Christy and Ibez to push down Christy's throat. His oh limbs God. were shut. Yeah, it's fucking horrific. How his old limbs was he? 15. 
Oh, poor baby. This is awful. It's awful. His limbs were shattered by the metal bar and the hammer. They used a knife to cut him all over his body. One of his ears had parts that were completely twisted off with a pair of pliers. Over three and a half days, Christy suffered 130 injuries. He begged his sister, please, please just let me die. Please just kill me. I cannot do this anymore. Please just let me die. Eric screamed for the siblings to clean up the blood that literally was all over the entire apartment. He screamed so loud and had music playing so loud that a noise complaint was called in by a neighbor. But unfortunately, the complaint was never followed up on. Of course. And you may think to yourself, did anyone call the parents? They did. I was kind of wondering like, hey, where are they at again? Because they're not like absentee parents. It's not like they were like, oh, hey, see ya. On Christmas Eve, Magalie called her parents and said that her siblings were witches and that her dad was too. Eric got on the phone and told Pierre and Jacqueline that their son was possessed. And if they didn't get there to get them, he was going to kill them. And at first, Pierre and Jacqueline didn't believe Eric because they they only knew him as this kind, nice man. But the more they sat there, the more they became frantic. The couple was trying to get to make like get a rental car to make the seven hour drive. But by this point, it's Christmas Day. So there was they were struggling to get there. They had called the police and informed them of like what he had said. And they had spoken to the kids several times over their visit. But out of fear, no one had said anything at all. Which, right, I mean, I wouldn't say anything if I thought like my parents are seven hours away. You know, there's a lot that can happen in those seven hours. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, before the police made it to the apartment, Eric and Magalie had the kids stand in a bathtub as they hosed them down with ice water as a cleansing practice. Freezing. In the winter? Mm-hmm. Freezing. The kids were standing. When they were finished, the kids were made to stand in the living room. Eric realized that Christy had sunk underneath the water. After all of the torture he had endured, he was still alive up until this point. But it became too much for his young body because he's only 15 to take and as they were hosing him down with the ice water he slipped under the water and succumbed to his injuries and drowned in the bathtub he had been starved tortured beaten and kept up for three and a half days he fought as hard as he could but unfortunately help had arrived too late when eric realized that christy was drowning they pulled him from the water and called the police in an ambulance and honestly have no fucking idea how they thought they were going to be able to explain his injuries like his teeth were knocked out he had been stabbed all over his body and you're going to be like oh you know you're going to tell parisian police like oh sorry he was possessed and we had to beat the devil out of him yeah no one's gonna buy that like yeah well this is in london and they're gonna be like bro no like uh, no um and when did oh you're gonna tell me and i'm gonna be mad how 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 soon after did they get there did help get there the kids were still standing in the living room wet and freezing Ugh. what the fuck there they yep they uh the ambulance arrived there was blood everywhere in the apartment they could see that kelly and Yves had obviously been significantly beaten and in the bathroom 15 year old christy bamu lay unconscious on the bathroom floor 
He was taken to the hospital, but he was unable to be resuscitated. And at eight o'clock that night, Kelly had the fucking audacity to call her dad and tell him that Christy was dead. I don't understand how they're like, oh, no, he's dead. We better call an ambulance now. Well, he was unconscious. So they didn't think he was dead at first. They were like, oh, you know, he's unconscious. Like, better cover our ass? I don't That's what I think it was. But they were arrested immediately after this, charged with murder and two counts of actual bodily harm, which for the beating of Kelly and Ibez. Eric pled guilty to actual bodily harm on the grounds of diminished responsibility caused by brain damage. And I'm going to talk about that in just a second. This was rejected. The judge was like, no. No, absolutely not. His defense made the claim that Eric was mentally ill and had lesions on his brain that led him to act, quote, abnormally. And the judge was like, yeah, you don't get a plea to a lesser charge. You're going to get the full shebang. You're going to jury trial. And they did. goodness. Yeah, I don't understand how, I mean, I understand how brain damage can cause you to do horrific things. I'm not going to. Yeah, we've talked about it before. Like, yeah, I'm not going to negate the science of that. But like, I guess, did he have any proof that he had lesions on his brain? I don't really know. Like, you're just gonna be like, hey, I got brain trouble. No, he did. Oh, okay. Like, he legitimately had brain damage. You know, probably when he was a kid, his dad thought he was, he was possessed. possessed by Kendoki and beat him honestly that's mm-hmm. honestly that's what I feel like happened to him I thought the same thing and it's funny that you mentioned that because I talked about it at the end but I think that that's what happened I think it's like a projecting thing or if like he Christy displayed some of the traits that he himself had as a child and he was like wait a second this is what happened to me when I did this so like obviously you're possessed too and I was made to get the demons out of me so i can get the demons out of you yeah that's i what other explanation is there like yes maybe his dad was obsessed with it and like taught him all about it but i i don't feel like the reaction would be so severe maybe so i don't know i'm not an expert yeah i'm not gonna try to understand it because my mind is fucking blown from this and i've dropped the f-bomb like three times on this one but this is disgusting. Well, like, it's like your girlfriend or your wife's siblings, right? Yes. Yes. Your fiance's brother. Like, that's your brother-in-law. Like, your future brother-in-law. Yeah. What the f- it's messed up. So they went to a full jury trial, and Magalie tried to say that everything was Eric's fault. She said that he made her do the mm-hmm. things that she did. What she didn't count on was her sister Kelly to testify. Kelly said they started talking about Kendoki witchcraft and this and that. It was as if they were. It was as it was as if they were obsessed by witchcraft, and then it became absolutely unbearable. They asked if we were witches. I repeated again and again that we were not witches. I did not know what was going on in their minds. They decided that we had come there to kill them. Christy asked for forgiveness again and again. Magalie did absolutely nothing. She didn't give a damn. She said we deserved it. I'm sure she still believes even to this day that we are witches. I have no pity for her. She had no pity for us. So this was pretty damning in itself, right? You're trying to paint this image of, I was was made to do this. I didn't do any of that. But the shit really hit the fan when they brought in another witness to testify. Naomi 
Alanga was 19 when she and her boyfriend went to live with Eric and Magali in their apartment in Dagenham. It is claimed that Eric accused her of having, he said, she's got witchcraft because she would bite her nails. I've got witchcraft. (laughs) Look at these puppies. I have. To the nubbins. Yeah, I got straight nubs. Like, it's pretty much essentially nubs at this point. Because I have, you know, I went through my hyperfixation of the nail thing, and then I'm I'm past it. So I you're still back to it. Back I was literally it. driving through the McDonald's drive-through, and I was like, "Wow, you know what? I've been doing so good at not biting my nails." And one day later, they're gone. Mm-hmm. I had a test today, and they're gone. He uh, Eric told Magali to throw anything away that Naomi had touched, including articles of clothing, pots, pans, plates which she obliged to. They didn't let her eat for three days as they made her constantly pray. They made her cut off all of her hair to release the witchcraft. The only reason she escaped was because she was able to call her mom and was like, get me the hell out of here. Yeah. This showed the jury that he had a history of these radical beliefs and that no one was safe around him and that Magalie was happily an accomplice to everything that he did. The trial lasted eight weeks, and Judge David Paget sentenced Eric and Magalie to life in prison, which in the end was to be the minimum sentence of 30 years. It's at least 30 years for Eric and at least 25 years for Magalie. Why does why does she get less time? Just because she Because Eric is the main was the main call. Okay. Gotcha. And I do have to tell Eric and Magalie, like, you're lucky your asses live in the UK. No, sh- for real. Because you would have fried like barbecue. <laughs> they would have executed your asses in the United States. Pending the state, yeah, that's because mm-hmm. it's—I mean, it's torture and murder, and it's a child. Like, mm-hmm. well, if you're in the South, if it's a crime against a child, it's an automatic capital offense. Yeah, which is well deserved. Well deserved. Well deserved. There are a lot of cases where I'm like, okay, I can see why you wouldn't do the death penalty, but this is one of those cases where I would have been out there protesting, like, like you could have quit while you were ahead there, mm-hmm. like, just to you could continue. have quit at any point in those three and a half days when you were like, oh shit, we've taken this too far, like at any well, point, or even like called an ambulance, you know, you didn't call one until they were unconscious. I don't know. Mm. Ugh. That's really gross. That was just like really. The judge commented that the murder had a sadistic element and that it was a prolonged torture of a mental and physical kind, which, yeah. Yes. The judge had believed that Eric did have brain damage that caused him to believe that Christy was a witch, but said that belief in witchcraft, however genuine, cannot cannot excuse an assault to another person, let alone the killing of another human being. Which it's true. And I don't know how loud I have to say this, but your religious beliefs do not give you the right to kill anybody else. Sorry. It's just your beliefs are not at a higher ranking than anybody else to where you think you can kill. You can kill in the name of those beliefs. That is not how any of this works. And if that's how you handle your religion, then suck it because that's disgusting. And even if... Like, let's go to as far as to say, like, you can prove without a doubt 
that person is possessed. That person is filled with witchcraft. Like, you're not the professional in that situation by any means. You're not the person who, like, knows how to handle that. You're Nigerian pastors that you had reached out to before. <laughs> Call literally anybody else. Like, uh, it's like you watch a movie one time and then you're like, I think I know how to handle this. I read that Wikipedia article. I'm an... I'm a pro. I'm an expert. But that is why I believe what you said when I think this happened to him. I think that's why he you was think like that's why this... he went so hard on Christy specifically because mm -hmm. he was He was the boy. He was the boy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So all of those siblings were there, even the little ones? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Do you all know how five old of they them. were? No, it never said in the court documents. How old they were. I mean, they were younger than 15, so. He, yeah, and he, they're younger than 11 because Yves was 11. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the judge also did not believe Magali when she said she had no part of it. He said, it is only explicable if you shared Eric's beliefs. It provides some explanation for what happened, but it does not excuse it. The judge pointed out that at no point during the ordeal or the trial had she said sorry for what she did. And it was her brother. Her brother. Her family, yeah. He said the sentencing reflected the brutality and sadistic cruelty inflicted on Christy in the days leading up to his death, to which I agree. She didn't apologize? Like, she even didn't apologize? No. To, like, her siblings who were there saying, like, yeah, she did this. She could have been like, I'm so sorry. And I understand that sometimes, you know, people can be manipulated and abused into doing whatever their abuser says but in this instance like you're in court you can say that you're sorry you can say that you felt like yeah I and know. i know how brainwashing works like we see like we've done plenty of cases on it we know like i'm not saying that she wasn't brainwashed i'm just saying that at a certain point you had to realize that you were torturing your brother like when you were stabbing his hands, hands with a claw tooth hammer, when you had knocked out all of his teeth, like when you were having the other kids participate in this, like when you were stabbing him, when you were doing all of these things, when he is begging you as his older sister to please kill me. And bare minimum, you're abusing your other siblings as well. Like it's not like they were free from any harm. They, ob like, yes. they obviously just went through some very severe trauma at your hands. Yes. Outsourcing. Sometimes it almost feels low quality and exploitative to say. We get it. You want to maintain the integrity of your company, but hey, we have a secret. You don't have to do it all. There is a way to outsource and it be high quality and value aligned. Unlike most business process outsourcing companies, Partner Heroes management team includes individuals from the startup world. So they're more than a service provider. They're also a thought partner for the startups they serve. Brands that care about quality customer experience choose Partner Hero. Partner Hero has flexible terms and the ability to scale quickly, which is perfect for startups. Quality assurance is baked into every program. Running a company is overwhelming, but Partner Hero can help. Their expertise is a game changer. Get out of your support inbox so you can focus on running your business. Partner Hero is perfect for companies that are experiencing rapid growth or preparing for scaling up, or maybe you just have a busy season and need a few more hands on debt. 
If you're ready to bring in an outside customer support help for your startup that feels like it's part of your existing team, check out Partner Hero. Head on over to partnerhero.com slash gruesome to book a free consultation with their solutions team. Mention you heard about Partner Hero from Gruesome and they'll waive the startup fee. So I'm going to end this with crushing your guys' souls because I'm going to read the statement that Pierre, the father, the letter he wrote to be read at the trial. He said, we will never forget, but to put our lives back into sync, we must forgive. We take no comfort in the verdicts. We have been robbed of a beloved son, a daughter, and a son-in-law. Christy died in an unimaginable circumstances at the hands of people who he loved and trusted, people who we all loved and trusted. Christmas, a festival of joy, and Jacqueline's birthday will always be scarred by these terrible events. We were always fond of Eric and regarded him as a son. We were proud that he would call us mom and dad. As a family, we planned our futures together, and Eric and I were to open a restaurant in London together as a legacy for our family. To know that Christy's own sister, Magalie, did nothing to save Christy makes the pain that much worse. We are still unaware of the full extent of the brutality. We cannot bring ourselves to hear it. The pain of Christy's death is something which cannot be measured or calculated. Christy was a fine young man, kind and considerate, much loved by his family and friends. We saw that he was becoming a man. We hoped that he would work. We hoped that he would work with me in my carpentry business and one day take over. Christy was also a role model to his siblings. The children are often quiet and alone in their rooms. We try to stay strong for them. And Jacqueline and I are compelled to grieve alone, so we so as to not distress the children. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Gutted. I sobbed when I read that because that tell that shows you like this was a man that the family loved and trusted, and I do believe it's true when you have cases like this where the siblings or you know like the siblings or a close family friend that is like regarded as family is the culprit. You are mourning the loss of the victim, but you're also mourning the loss. Like, it will never be the same with Magalie. Like, you, that door is closed. So you lose a daughter at the same time. And you lose another man who you regarded as a son. Yeah. It is it's, sad. It's sad for that whole family. Mm-hmm. It's traumatic for that whole family. Is there any, like, updates on that case? Like, had they, have they done anything else? I mean, it's mm-hmm. been now almost, tw- it's been 12 years. It's, yeah. That's why I was like, this sounds like something that would have taken place so long ago. Yeah. Even like the, I don't know, like the 80s or something. Yeah, like when satanic panic was a thing, like I get it back then, but like. And the fact that it was 2010 and the noise complaint was never followed up on, like that makes me angry. I That agree. makes me feel mad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't imagine how helpless their parents felt. Like it is Christmas. Like it's hard to get like a car rental. Like. It's hard to get anything. Everything's it's, closed. Yeah, it's, everything's closed. So like feeling helpless and then knowing like you did everything you could to get there and you still could not get to your baby in time. And to ha- have a phone call like, hey, your son is possessed. And if you don't get here, I'm going to kill him. Like to be, the- yeah, to be so far away that you can do nothing. And he said, uh, Pierre said that he knew it was like a, a light. It's like a, it was like night and day because usually Eric did call him mom and dad. And, like, he referred to him by his name. Like, he was, like, Pierre. He was a different 
person. He's like a completely different person. But it makes me wonder if he was in like a psychosis or something like that. But I mean, it's it's still compartmentalized. But the thing that's crazy, the thing that where I'm like, oh, I don't know. And maybe we have like psychology majors or like psychiatrists, counselors, someone who can like be like, hey, Connie, you're way off base. But the idea that it lasted over a period of three and a half days, that's where I was kind of like, does it not break? Is it like extended like that? Like at no point in that time did he realize like how fucking horrible he was being or how far that they had gone, how far that they had taken it. Because they, you could look at him. Like I imagine you could look at him and realize like we took this too far. Yeah. Like we took this too far. (sighs) Yeah. That was a bummer one. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, but I should be. Yeah, I hadn't heard that case before, and I usually know like a ton of like I said, I usually do like read a lot about the cases that happen at Christmas because to me it's so insane that it is like the normal season where everyone's like, "I love, I love you, I love," you know, and like crazy shit happens. But this is probably the craziest I've read. It reminded me of always happens when you get around your family at the holidays because suddenly everyone's very aware of everyone else and what's going on. It reminded me a little bit of Kellyanne Bates, and that's the one case that we covered that literally still gives me legitimate nightmares. And I was like, what did I get myself into? But I was already too invested. So I wanted to be able to say. You can't use your religion and beliefs to fucking torture people. Like, you can't. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your religion is. I don't and care if your religion is you believe the same someone's as my religion. possessed, you can call them and be like, hey, your kid can't be at my house because they're possessed. Yeah, you'll they find will... them on the side of the street. Like, that would have you... been an appropriate response. Get him out of your house and be like, hey, he's possessed. You'll find him wandering around London for all I care. Like, he's not here, though. Yeah, that would have been an improvement. That would have been a bajillion times better than what they did to this poor boy. Because, you know, I know every 15-year-old boy, I have a 12-year-old boy who thinks that he is like a man at this point. But a 15-year-old boy is still a baby. He's still a little baby with this whole fucking life ahead of him. And some kook who's like, you're possessed. I'm going to do all of these things. Like, obviously, this is why I don't understand how... If they say that the person who is possessed cannot feel the pain, how do you explain them calling out? Like, they're going to be screaming in agony. How do you not see that? How do you ignore that? You, I mean, you're in a state where you don't care, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and you I have someone there minutes. supporting you and being like, yeah, you're right. Keep you know, going. This is the only time where I'm like, man, an eye for an eye, my dude. (laughs) And I think it's the biggest, toughest thing for someone to forgive someone like this. I couldn't do it. No. I think I forgot because of that. But so you said at the beginning, why were they at their house just for Christmas? Yeah, just a Christmas, like a vacation, just visiting their sister. Okay, so yeah, all the siblings had... went to go visit their sister for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And the parents didn't come. Because he was probably busy working, you know. Yeah, yeah, he had, they have life, that's fair. I mean, it would be nice. I get it. Uh, I'm just like, 
oof, I'm still working through it in my head. Just like, how did this, how did this get to that How point did it go from life? like a visit to like celebrated engagement to this? That's why I was like, what triggered him to flip that switch? That's why I agree with you 100%. Something like this happened to him or something happened like this and he had to participate in it as a kid. Oh, like yeah. Some- I would assume if his dad was like, you know, the guy who knew all about this, I'm sure he had to do it a lot mm-hmm. himself. And I bet it was done to him several times. I would imagine numerous mm-hmm. times for both. Total guessing. No idea if that's true, but that's what I feel like is probably true. Uh, yeah, that's like the... Especially if he had lesions on his brain from brain damage. That's why I was like, aha. What could have happened to you that caused brain damage? Oh, yeah. Something that just... Something like this. This is what probably happened. Boof. That was a... I know it's hard. It's hard to like, think about other things to talk about after that because it's just weighing so heavy on you. Just like... Mm, yuck. What a Yuck. I, Good time for an ad break, though. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> okay, guys, say it with me. Convenience. We're busy. You don't want to lug around your big blender, and you sure as heck don't want to stand in line or pay the prices at a smoothie bar. You want quick, nutritious, and you want it on the go. I have to tell you about my hands-down favorite new kitchen gadget, the Blendjet 2. BlendJet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. I'm already counting down to warm weather so I can blend up a cocktail from the boat or the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. BlendJet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. It lasts 15 plus blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, BlendJet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. Because remember, we love convenience. There are 30 plus colors and patterns to choose from. I am obsessed. Meg is obsessed. We've been texting about this nonstop. My husband already picked out one that matches his style because we both have to be able to make margaritas. I mean, nutritious smoothies. What are you waiting for? Go to blendjet.com and grab yours today. And be sure to use the promo code GRUESOME12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the Blendjet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the BlendJet 2 Portable Blender. Go to BlendJet.com and use the code GRUESOME12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. I, okay, I gotta tell a funny because I have to to get, (laughs) to decompress. So I went to the Carmel and I didn't tell you this ahead of time because I wanted to tell you. I, I wanted to get your real reaction. Oh, okay. So something that happens to Meg all the time happened to me in the bathroom of a Condado taco in Carmel, India. <gasps> you poor thing. I already know. I was washing my hands. This is the scene that the person would like, I have really bad acid reflux. And I had had four tiny well not tiny four shoe mugs full of mulled wine that day i had this margarita pizza i had this 
cheese sandwich salami thing at this like German Christmas market I went to. It was amazing. All of it was amazing. But it made me have acid reflux. And then you pair that with Mexican food. And I go to the bathroom and I was dry heaving. Okay. (laughs) Like I was like, so that was the scene that happened because I was just trying to get some of this acid out, whatever. And I'm washing my hands and this girl walks in and she looks at me and then she like looks away and then she looks at me again. She was like, do you do gruesome? (gasps) Yes. I thought you were going to say that you farted and then they walked in. (laughs) <laughs> and no we're like oh that's so exciting for you <laughs> i am very thankful she didn't come in like 30 seconds before that because she'd have been like when you were like huh? <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's got food poisoning from this place that i'm eating yet i don't know <laughs> but her name was katie and it was awesome and i'm sorry i was so weird because i was just like oh yeah thanks she's like i listen to you all the time and i was like thanks for listening run away (laughs) like my face is gonna start thinking about it because it hadn't happened to me it was like i purposely like duck and cover because like i didn't i thought she's gonna beat me and be like you're a fucking dork (laughs) which (laughs) which that's what she thought that yeah that's what's going to katie's head now now yeah. that she's listening to this, she's like, well, you are kind of a dork, so. But I didn't know what to do. Do you go in for a hug? Do you give a handshake? High five? I had the same thing. I had the same thing. I was just, you don't know what to do. Like, I love meeting you guys out in the wild, but when you say something to me, my brain immediately goes, hug. You don't know them. Maybe just a handshake. So I'll go and we'll do a very weird dance. And that's normally how it goes. I panic, obviously. I was like, <laughs> I and then I got back to the table and I took my coat off because I thought it made me look more professional if I sat there in my sweatshirt with <laughs> Christmas decorations all over. Because now people are watching you and they know. <laughs> That's awesome, well, though. It was, I've been wanting to tell you, but I was like, I'm going to tell her. I'm going to tell her when we do the episode because it was so. My husband was super geeked about it, which was kind of cool because he's like, you know, I always know that people listen to you guys, but that's wild. It's weird when it happens. My daughter is annoyed even more. Every moment she gets more annoying, annoyed with me for existing in general, but especially if something happens about the podcast, like in outside of our house, she's like, I don't get it. I'm like, yeah, you won't for a while. She's like, Mom, why is it happening again? That was last time. Mom, it's happening again. Like, yeah, you're making them feel weird when you say stuff like that, too. Don't be rude. (laughs) My oldest tells everybody that his mom is a world-famous podcaster. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) Nope. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. They're going to be asking me. They're going to be asking me to talk at the school next time. And I'm like, ugh. That's not happening. Well, that is very exciting. I do this like you can't see it if you're not watching. But like I do this like weird thing with my hands like this always anyways. And I was just like sitting there washing my hands. And then I started doing it. And I was like, thanks. I got to (laughs) go. What if I just said a nose boop? Like that would be honestly, I feel like that would be a good. That would be a good move. Thanks for listening. 
And then but you I leave. always think, do I want a stranger touching me is what I think they're thinking. Like, why is a stranger touching me? And then it's like, so I won't touch you. Because, like, I would feel weird if someone, like, was up on me. Like, who just immediately, like, and see, I agree, but I still want to go in for a hug because I'm just so excited. Like, I get so excited, like, it comes out of me physically. And I'm like, ah! We have very different, <laughs> like, we are very different on how, like, if we panic like that. You're like, hug! And I'm like, panic! <laughs> hide! What is yours? It's like, uh, fight or flight, hug or hide. Yeah, hug or hide. I'm a hide. <laughs> I'm a hide. The first thought that came through my mind was, tell her no. <laughs> say nope what's that gruesome that sounds weird you one of those weird true crime people stay away weird lady once i got to the table i was like oh i should have asked her what she thought about this and like what's your favorite episode i should have thought all i had all these extra thoughts but then it's like i don't go back up to her (laughs) no you're not like you know what i was thinking about this that's a good point like we should make like a list like a off the air obviously but like we should make a list of things we could ask people and not just we like, need oh, them just in case and i'll pull it out of my coat pocket and i'll be like uh hello thank you so much for listening eye contact <laughs> look at them in the eyes what is your favorite episode to date you you asked her her name though yeah well she said i'm katie oh okay <laughs> So you did it. Never mind. I did it. Good. We could. You did a great job. I'm proud of you for it, talking I'm, to a stranger. Look, I I'm sweaty thinking about it. Like it's just. I'm sweaty. I panic about it. in social situations. That's I, my. I for stuff. sure thought that was going to be a fart story because that also happens to me in public. <laughs> no, I would rather die. <laughs> I know. I was already like, oh man, this is going to be good. Oh, tricked. I was bamboozled. No, I almost left my oldest at the store once because he farted and then was like, Mom! And I was like, (gasps) You little shit. You're walking home. No, you. Uh, How far away from your house was he? 20 minutes. Could have been a lesson. Could have been a lesson well learned. Apparently where we live, like in the surrounding cities, you just don't want your kids to go walking like that. So You got the app. You got the tracky appy. Yeah, I'd be like, wait a second. <laughs> Just kidding. Mine always says such and such has three percent battery life. <laughs> I'm like, charge your damn phone, man. Like, what are you doing? You know, they could say the same to you. Let's be real. Excuse me, but I'm an adult. <laughs> and where do I go? <laughs> where do I go that someone needs to track me? <laughs> it's like I oh, mean, she they walked- could say, charge your phone. Yeah, they, oh, for sure. Yeah, that's what I meant. I for sure. Oh, say- I know. <laughs> I'm always like, look, my phone right now has a, let's see, 16% battery life, and I'm sitting with my hand on a charger. Like, I could just put it on there. <laughs> just plug it in. I could. I just, I could, but I'm not going to. You're a bad influence, honestly, because my phone has not been, I, normally I'm very well charged, but sometimes How? I see your screenshots and I'm like, I don't need to charge this. Look, she's going on way less How than me. How many text messages do you have right now unread? None. Are you serious? I have none. You can look at my little green box right there. Mine says no. 137. Oof, no, absolutely not. 
I have 21,000 emails. I have 600. Uh, those are probably all from today. And like, <laughs> I have two Facebook notifications. I don't even put Instagram notifications on there because that's just a I whole other. I take mine off too. <laughs> I have 52 voicemails. You have 52 voicemails? I yeah. just delete them without even listening if I don't want to hear them. I just leave it. I read the transcription. <laughs> and then you just leave it? Just leave it. Why am I the way I am? Why are you the way that you are? I don't even keep phone numbers in my phone that are just phone numbers. Like, if it's not a name, I delete them out of my recent calls. Oh, God, no. Yeah, I can't. I'm. That does sound like I have a problem more than you. I'm sorry. I'll... Yeah, I don't even, that's, yeah, that might be a little bit more than what I'm working with. I just, I don't know what it is. I don't like seeing like random numbers in my phone. And if I get like a code from something, I also delete those random numbers. They're like, this is, you know, your bank. Here's your That's probably what a hundred of these things are. Because people don't (laughs) text me that often. Oh yeah. Uh, Frost Buddy, I ordered this new sponsor. Frost Buddy. Oh, it's like a koozie that like you could put a bunch of different cans in. It's like one koozie that does it all. I saw it on TikTok, so I bought one. It's one koozie that does it all. <laughs> uh what did I can you explain it a little bit more? I'm sorry. What a koozie only does one thing. It okay, hold on. A- Let me know. I just got a bedtime reminder on my phone. That's how old I am. Like it reminds no, I me. I have a bedtime reminder at 9 30. It's like, hey, your bedtime's coming up at 10 o'clock. So it's called the Universal Buddy, and it fits 12-ounce cans, slim cans, bottles, 16-ounce cans and bottles, and it also has a lid that you put on it that's a coffee cup so you can pour into the koozie. It was worth it. It was only $16, but then it kept popping up like you can buy one more for 13 and I bought four of them. For Christmas presents or just for you? I don't know. We'll cross we'll that bridge when that. it comes. Let's see how long it takes to get here. Thought it could uh, be a good white elephant gift. That's true. Um, I'm intrigued. Please tell me how yours goes for you. I don't really. It fits like I saw. It fits like a Red Bull can. It fits uh, like a Rockstar can. It fits a White Claw can. It fits a You know what bottle. my problem is? I drink things so fast that there's no, like I have no reason to put them anything in anything that keeps them cold. Because you know, I... I feel that. I But like I'm a. I am the, when someone's like, let's make an ad because someone will buy it. I am that somewhere that you're that person to be like, huh? Yeah. All right. Click. You know what always gets me like almost every time I open any social media, it's the Halara. Like the, they, they made like the dresses over the summer was the dresses with the bras built in. And they look like little like tennis dresses or skating dresses. Oh, wait, I did see the tennis dress. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there's, and then right now they have the velvet dresses that I Aww. literally, every time I see them, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get one of those. And I never do. But they also have this pair of pants and they, I get the ad for them all the time and I always go and they're always sold out. But one day I'm going to go and they're not going to be. And that will be the time they finally get me because I, these pants are cool. They're plaid and I want them. I could see you in a pair of plaid pants. You know, I love a printed pant. <laughs> you love it. <laughs> I just love to buy random things, but only sometimes because sometimes I'm like, oh, I can never. 
And then if they catch me on the right mental health spiral, I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> bye, 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 bye. If they catch me on a bad day, I will for sure buy your useless stuff. That's I'm okay. going to buy your universal can holder and a Stanley like cup. That. This has been, look, I just put water in it before we recorded, but this water will sit here until next week when we record and I go get different water. That's all. That's the only place you bring your water cup. You know what? I don't go anywhere else. I'm just proud of you for drinking water. Is there water in there right now? Uh, no. <laughs> What's in it? You just said it was. I had to flavor it with a ton of lemon. So oh, I guess it kind of is water, but it's, it's still water. I wish I could find a way to make my own carbonated water without like a soda a... stream, without one of those. What it? Like if you could just like use your straw, blow some bubbles into no, it. No, like I <laughs> wish my fridge made carbonated water. Oh, that would be cool. Like a fridge that instead of shooting out water, shoots out sparkling water. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's the carbonation that I love. It tingles my tongue and it makes me feel happy inside. Built-in fridge sodas. I bet rich people have that. That's a different tax bracket problem, I feel like. <laughs> That's it's like outside same. my budget. It's the same people who in their fridge, like it shoots out like the pebble ice, you know? <sighs> or the balls. It's, it's pebble ice and sparkling water in rich people fridges. It's not... <laughs> Do you have one of these magic fridges? If so, tell me what your job is. And if you can, just send us your fridge and get a oh new one. Oh my god. It's like that TikTok where there people are driving cars and they're like, "What do you do?" It's like we just look at people's fridges. "What do you do?" What do you do for a living to be able to afford this fridge that looks like your cabinets? My it's amazing. Fridge. My fridge is a direct representation of my mental health of the time because if my ADHD is like not well maintained, it smells like spoiled food sometimes and it's just in there. But then I have a good day and then it's arranged by color. Hey, we'll take the good days when we can get them. That's all um, we can ask. My fridge cost $600 and I bought it because it was red and it looked old. It's so small though. It's very small. But I get like, I don't really keep, I shop every two weeks and like we go through that and then I reshop for another two weeks. So it's fine. Oh no, it I the shop job done. and like put a bunch of shit in the fridge and then I forget that a bunch of shit's in the fridge and I go out to eat anyways. <laughs> I'm not. I have a garage fridge too though for extra stuff. Like if I have, like I always have a lot of freezer overflow, like I have extra freezer vegetables. Yeah, that's meat. what we have too. So I just put it in the garage fridge. Yeah, our fridge came with the house, and that's it's got a bunch of drawers in it that I still don't understand, so I just throw shit in there, and then I forget about it. Like, if I can't see it, it just rots, and then I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot I had celery in here from where the fuck did I buy celery? It's been at least a month. Someone, I saw a reel the other day how they were talking about how different, I know that you can't, like, put bananas and avocados next to each other because they'll make your avocados go ripe too fast. But there's lots of vegetables and fruits like that. that yeah, like can... onions absorb everything. That's why you're not supposed to have like onions just like raw dogging out there. See, I don't know that shit. And I was like, I don't want to learn about this because then I'll feel obligated to do this in my daily life. And what I'm doing is working just fine. So I did. Yeah, if you're going through it. My thing is I just, it's an out of sight, out of mind thing, which I know is like an ADHD thing. Because, like, if I can't see it, I forget that it's there, and then I forget to, like... Like, I don't even have that. I've never had that. I wanted creme brulee so bad that I bought these, like, little individual ones from Sam's Club, and I was so 
pumped about them. And then I stuck them in the garage fridge and I had like maybe one of them. Are they still out there? Yeah, but they're spoiled now. Ew, gross. I got to throw them away. Or could you have frozen them? I don't know. That'll just be another <laughs> graveyard. You should see my freezer. <laughs> it's like a, unless it's chicken nuggets and french fries, I forget about it. <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. That's why I don't do freezer meals because. Every time I see someone's fridge, though, like that, where it's just like packed full of old stuff or just like way too many condiments, I immediately am like, I'm, I want to organize this. I want to go over. through this whole fridge. Come, and baby. Mess it up. Every time I see my in-laws pantry, I feel that way. I'm like, oh, I want to organize this pantry. One day I'm going to do it. But I always feel like it's never my place. I have to catch it on the right hyperfixation day. And then it's like looking nice, like Khloe Kardashian <laughs> pantry nice. The other Stack days in your Oreos. Other days, not so much. But I have to start. It has to be like I clean the. I start by cleaning the kitchen, and then I open the fridge, and then it's like, oh my god, I have to do all of this, or I open the pantry. I have to organize this. But if Even I open, you the, should be doing a different thing. If I open the wrong door on the wrong day, now shit's getting done. It's a real fun game I like to play. <laughs> it's a, like you know what I should do? I should go work. <gasps> but I should organize the fridge first and then I'll do that. That's I, that's happens to me sometimes where I'm like doing stuff around the house and I'm like, oh shit, I'm at work right now. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to this night, if you listen to this and you work with me, no, I don't. I'm just kidding. I sit at my desk the whole day. Drinking at drinking only water out of her Stanley Cup. Only water. <laughs> Not mimosas. Because I've done that before too. No, she hasn't. She's never done that. Not at work, but like just in general. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, I would never drink drink. on the job because people call me randomly. Gross. Hard pass on that. I'm always like, hello. Living the dream. (laughs) Next week is my last semester, the last day of my semester before my next and last semester. I am just as excited for you to blow that popsicle stand as I am. Honestly, everybody that listens to this podcast should be because you guys have all been with me the entire time mm-hmm. from the time I got in until now. Mm-hmm. And I'm ready to be done, friends. I'm ready to be done. I forgot where I was going with this. Um, but on that note, they're probably ready for us to be done. <laughs> that's true. We have just been rambling for a while. We love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Gruesome Horrific True Crime a Zencaster-powered podcast. Seriously, we wouldn't be here without them. Zencaster is simple to use and makes it easy to edit your own podcast. Zencaster gives you automatic, high-quality post-production sound, transcription, and HD video recordings of all of your episodes. If you want to start a podcast, and we think you should, click the link in the show notes or at our website and use the code GRUESOME with a capital G for 30% off your first three months. We love you, beautiful strangers. And if you love us too, here are some ways that you can support Gruesome. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or a five-star rating on Spotify. This helps other true crime connoisseurs find us. Follow us at Gruesome Podcasts on Instagram or TikTok and talk to us on our posts. Join the Patreon. Sign up to join our True Crime Sticker of the Month Club and gain access to bonus episodes and exclusive Patreon perks. 
Or if a one-time donation is more your thing, we have a Venmo at Gruesome Podcast and a PayPal via our email, gruesomepodcast at gmail.com. Speaking of which, we love hearing from you. It seriously makes our whole life. So send us your questions, comments, suggestions, or just ask our opinion on whether that person you met on Tinder is a serial killer or not. Tune in next week and don't forget, lock your windows, lock your doors, and on Wednesdays, we're we're gruesome. gruesome. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 